Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 12 of The Story Studio with your hosts, Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Story Studio, a podcast for an independent publishing company, explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. It's a show for filmmakers, writers, comic book makers, crowdfunders, entrepreneurs, creators, and anyone looking to tell stories in the modern world. My name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Daniel Wilcox with a D. With a D, excellent. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Nano Rimo or Nano Remo or National Novel. Which do you say? I say Nanurimu. Nanurimu. I no. say Nano. I say Nanorimo. Yeah, I say yeah. I say Nanorimo just because it's National Novel Writing Month. I feel like if it was National Novel Reading Month, I think it'd be Remo. I think I'm a slave to spelling, so <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Nanorimo for me. Yeah, how's it going, man? Are you all right? Mm. Yeah, very, very good. Um, Cracking on with uh, my draft of They Rock, which now changed back to its original title of They Remain, um, which I'm sure we don't mind sharing titles and stuff. I think we're at that point where we can say yeah. what it is we're doing. But um, yeah, it's going good. So it's it's my first proper whack at one, editing someone else's stuff, and two, kind of cracking on with that part of just the editing process in general and looking at the story um overall and, and seeing what worked but yeah it's, it's coming along nicely we're working through it. i'm probably about well i think i hit about sixteen thousand words into the edits today mm. um reduced the overall word count a little bit so far uh which is kind of to be expected but yeah seems to be going going pretty well um have besides you, that i think gone how are you finding the, the process of taking the words and, and morphing them into your own words in a way it's it's odd because you kind of are very conscious of trying to make it so that it all feels organic and it all fits together. Mm. Um, so you don't want it to sound like I'm going to use accents for an example. If you're in a conversation and someone talks like me and then the next thing you know, someone's got an accent and it's all weird. You don't want that to kind of be jarring yeah. for the reader. Um, so yeah, it's good. I think certain parts, depending on how much, say you've got a note, a couple of paragraphs that need changing or you mm. feel need changing 
I tend to find that around that I will do a lot more in almost transitioning into that so it doesn't sound as odd. Oh, okay. And in yeah, a way, yeah. I'm almost, yeah, yeah. And in a way, I find that sometimes I'm also trying to match your writing style. Hmm. I don't know. Because I know, I know what mine is. Yeah, I don't know if you try and match mine because if you if you're adding your own style into those bits, it's gonna be more of a co-written project. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's not sort of um, you know, tracing paper yeah. mimicking. It's more just like a couple of phrases you tend to use. And I find this in a lot of your writing, and I really yeah. like it actually. Is what what not? What not? That kind of thing and what not? Do I say what not a lot? You use it, it was, yeah. I, I noticed it um, a fair few times in Hipster, and you've also done it a couple of times in in the first draft of this. Um, and it fits. It's like a conversational, like you know, that kind of stuff and whatnot. That's that's so weird because I don't think I use that word <laughs> like in general day to day at all. Like it even sounds no. weird to me saying it now. Whatnot? Maybe I do, and I just don't realize I'm doing it. Next I time know. I find some, I'll, I'll highlight it and send it over in Slack. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah is, um, that is my is true it... voice coming out there. That's your writer's sort yeah. of hipster whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, how are you getting on with, with yours? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I, I think maybe it's the, it's the same sort of thing as you, just sort of going through changing details here and there, um, adding maybe a paragraph or two every now and again. But I mean, it, it's it's been it's like a really solid first draft, so it doesn't need that much doing to it. I don't want to change it just for the sake of changing it do you know what i mean i i feel like yeah, yeah, yeah um i'm just trying to improve it and i'm just trying to massage the story to like seed things that are going to be revealed later on or or yeah i'm just gonna add bits here i go here and there as i go really but it's uh it's good man i'm i'm impressed hey that's what i like to hear but i think it's actually good um you mentioning about sort of massaging parts and you know, we, we, we spoke earlier this week, wasn't it, about um, you finished reading Lazarus and you were talking about the things that you felt worked in that first draft and things that maybe didn't and might need changing. And obviously with NaNoWriMo being this month, hmm. I think that's one of the big lessons that we'll probably go into more, but it's one of the massive takeaways of, of what I found in writing is if you do do NaNoWriMo, that first draft will need work afterwards. It's not, yeah. you're not writing a finished book. It's, yeah. But I'm sure we'll get onto that a bit more. Yeah. Uh, I've just been listening to, you mentioned you've been listening to the Creative Pen podcast. I think it was earlier today. So I've just listened to it on the way home. And it was an episode about um, the author mindset. And it was, it was, I just found it really good. I mean, I don't know if any of the guys out there have listened to the Creative Pen. If you like this show, then they probably should listen to that as well. Um, mm. But is that the episode you listened to? Or which episode are you listening to? I listened to it was one on um I believe it was one on editing. I'll right. I'll just try and find it. Uh how to self-edit your book and avoid common story mistakes with Harry the Wolf. Yeah. I just um, I just like yeah, her, her sort of um like you put it best thing, it's just got a feel-good atmosphere. She's just so positive and like so unbelievably into what if she does it's amazing yeah um, i've never i've never managed to sit through because she's got a lot of introduction before she gets to the show yeah so the one i was listening to it's 20 minutes of her updates um what's happening in the publishing world xyz which i'm not normally that fussed about listening to i kind of if i see the title of 
this is what this episode is about. That's normally what I try and go into. Yeah. But I kind of, I just listened to it. It was just interesting hearing how she bonds with her readers and how she's very, very open about herself. So there's a part in it where she talks about um, one of her takeaways from the last two weeks. I think she posts twice a month. Mm. Um, it's, it's just celebrating the fact she's worked a year with her husband and it's been successful. And yeah. it's just something really small that I don't know some people probably wouldn't care about, but it was a nice little touch to it. Yeah. I like it when um, people who you're taking advice from are quite open about, their lives and it's, there's, there's there's a few people out there i can think of one who is extremely sort of shady all right i just i just don't want to do any of his courses i don't want to do read any of his books and stuff just because he seems so closed off from that personal side of it it doesn't seem quite real to me i wonder if it's who i think it is because i know there's a person that i've kind of come across a couple of times and i signed up originally to their mailing list mm. and um yeah it's just all very pushy pushy it almost seems like a fake kind of yeah. presence as opposed to a genuine person yeah so we'll have to we'll have to swap after the show and see if <laughs> it's who we think it is but then again maybe joanna <laughs> penn maybe joanna penn is a perfectly crafted uh like character who's designed to uh make us think that she's actually real and and uh she hasn't even got husband. maybe maybe it's a <laughs> It's a 27-year-old male just sat in a house in Alabama putting on a British accent. We're being catfished by a guy called Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne Rickish. Dwayne Rickish. Yeah, man. So we're back after two weeks. We did miss last week. Um, blame me. I was in Florida. I was on the roller coasters and I was drinking lots of coffee. I'm sorry about that, guys. But we're back. Yeah. Um, how does it feel? I thought you were going to say Kool-Aid. We were drinking the Kool-Aid. It's... I actually like Kool-Aid. Did you have any? No, I've had it in England. We used to have an American guy okay. who owned a little corner shop and he used to sell Kool-Aid there. They had, um, my friend bought me a sachet of Kool-Aid and I never got around to drinking it. I actually went out of date, but the instruction on the back is something like, add one cup of water and four cups of sugar. And no, no yeah, not for it, me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a project that we just don't have time for. I guess we should go on to the big whoops of the week. Oh, what a big whoop. Mm-hmm. Have you got a big whoop? Would you like me to begin? Sure. Um, sure. My, yeah, my big whoop is actually um, the American Demon Hunter series. Yeah. Because um, that came out, I want to say, first of officially 1st of October. Um, and for the people that don't know what that is, that is Jay Thorne, who is a serious horror writer, head collaborator guy, um, who has done a lot of quite cool stuff. Uh, wrote a novel called The American Demon Hunters, which is its own sort of story in its own right, sort of 300, 400 pages, however big it is. Um, and then basically collaborated with a bunch of uh, horror writers to create a series of novellas existing in that world that aren't necessarily tied to the main line, but they're sort of linked in their own way. Um, and I actually downloaded, because uh, I read recently Zach Bohannon's Empty Bodies, hmm. um, the book one in that, which was fantastic. I gave the I gave his novella um a bit of a shot which was i don't think it had a proper title i think it was just the the titles are the places for the novellas so there's oh, one which is like washington and this one's nashville tennessee um but yeah it was a good uh it's probably about a 45 50 minute read it's not huge but yeah. it was um kind of just i think nice seeing the how it's crafted and the way that that project is quite experimental and gets all its all the novellas kind of form part of it and it's really 
just something a bit different. And I've listened to a couple of podcasts recently with Jay Thorne on sort of doing a bit of promo for it. Yeah. And it just sounds, I just like that thinking of kind of going outside the box. And I love the idea of creating a product or an idea and then going to fans, to people, this is a thing, see what you can do with it. And he was saying that he came up with a set of boundaries that they must exist in. So for example, these characters cannot die. This has to be in a certain way, but then you let the author run through with it and see what happens. Yeah. I've, uh, I've read uh, one of Jay Thorne's books as before. Um, it's one of his Paul Arcane books, but he's a, he's a really nice guy. But I think I will check out the American Demon Hunters book. I quite like the cover. Oh, the covers are really nice. They're all branded sort of as a lesson for people. So if you're doing that kind of thing, making them all look similar and lovely and really instantly recognisable is just a way to, well, just make sure that it grabs people's attention. Uh, do you know who designed that cover? I think I knew, but I've completely forgot. Yeah, uh, I will find it because it was actually in the books itself. But um, if you want to start your big whip and then I will find it and... Chip in with it if you want. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've got a couple, a couple of whoops. I mean, one I've only seen the first <laughs> episode, so it's the it's a new season of Black Mirror, and I've only seen the first episode so far. Have you watched any yet? I haven't. I, I have to confess, I've not watched any of them, but they are very high on my to watch list. Okay, you not seen any any episode like any of the older ones or? Okay, I think you really, I think you really no. like them. They're I don't know how to put it, like they're so. Um, pre- not predictable in the sense of the story predictable, predictable in the sense of the technology it, it's it's talking about, it's commenting on. So the idea of Black Mirror is it's sort of like the Twilight Zone, they're self-contained stories about an hour long um, and they all take like a, a different technological theme to its most haunting conclusion. Um, they have this new season, which is uh, it's now produced by Netflix, it's now got big American actors in, it's now got American producers and it's all Americanified, which I wasn't too sure if I was going to like it this because I really like Charlie Brooker's British, it's a very British sense of humour. Mm. Um, but the first episode, it was about if you could, uh, if everyone like could rate each other in a five-star, five-point system um, for, for every interaction and then they have a rating linked to their, their identity um, and it was about how people who are, are rated higher get access to, you know, they get discounts on rent because they've got more more influence. They they get they basically get access to a better life. So all these people in every single interaction, they can't be themselves. They have to hide behind like a plastic smile. They have to try and make themselves as authentic as possible, but like in the most inauthentic way possible. Um, because they just want to get the, they want to get rated high for every interaction. So it's this really weird sort of. It seems so happy and perfect, but they're just no one saying anything really. Uh, but it, and it's the, the main, it nothing takes, real. Exactly, yeah. And then it it take it's about this woman's downfall from five points to zero points, but and like how that happens, and it's just amazing. Um, some of the things I really liked, I really liked that they're in like electric cars. Um, and she's driving, she's driving down from uh, somewhere in America, and um, the the car runs out of battery, and um, because she wasn't a high enough rating to get uh, one of the newer cars, they had to give her one of these older ones, and it was and the the port on the back to charge it up was just like an Apple, um, <laughs> an Apple like <laughs> USB port, but because it was one of the older ones, they didn't have the right adapter for her anymore. She was like outdated this car, and it was just amazing. So. 
I imagine that will happen at some point. But uh, yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, it's, Black Mirror is one of the the best things on TV, I think. No, I've I've heard so much good stuff about it, and um, a couple of times the other stories have been referred to as as the Black Black Mirror in its style, and I've just not. It's just one of those things. I just I need to get around to watching, but yeah. there are a thousand things on TV to to get through as as well as regular things in life. Um, have you seen uh, any of Community? Oh, I love Community. It's one of my favourite things ever. Did uh, that episode remind you of, have you seen the Meow Meow Beans episode? Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. And it was yeah, a similar yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so all the characters get an app which they can rate each other on that app and then the fives are living in a high kingdom up in one of the rooms and everything's lovely and then the ones are sort of scrounging outside in grey yeah. uniforms just trying to get by. Um, I've also just found the illustrator for the cover of um, the American Demon Hunter series is Domi. Apps inspired cover designs. That's ah. not an email. That's just I uh, yeah. Domi. Um, I think it's pronounced dummy. It's um, Simon oh. Whist- Simon Whistler's fiance or girlfriend. You know from Rock and Self Publishing podcast. Okay, that's another good podcast yeah. if you're into self publishing and stuff. It's, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's her. Uh, I did have like another big work, but it's a bit of a weird one because I've just li- I've been going through loads. So I deleted my podcast app and I got a new podcast app and I was like, I'm going to start from scratch. I've got loads of podcasts I'm not even listening to. They're just sort of downloading on my phone and taking up space. And I ended up downloading the first podcast I ever got into. Um, it's called Script Notes because I used okay. to want to be, we used to want to write films and stuff. It's basically two Hollywood screenwriters, John August and Craig Mazin. And um, they just talk about, screenwriting and things that are interesting to screenwriters and they're just so um i don't know they, they, it's not it's not like our show it's not like they're talking about not, they're not giving people tips for writing or, or anything like that it's just like a discussion show and mm. i kind of feel like they don't really talk that much about writing craft anymore but it's just people listen because they want to catch up with these two people well, who, well, who they're up to. yeah who they've gotten to know over seven or eight years or whatever it's been now mm. but yeah maybe one find- day maybe one day people will listen to us like that maybe i'm finding that a bit of a theme for this week because just before we jump into the main main nanorimo bit about um we've revamped our patreon campaign mm. and we've been doing a lot of um background listening to that i actually listened to that i'm halfway through the first episode of that comics launch episode that you you recommended on the patreon to- one yeah, yeah yeah and and it is just a thing about how when I when I first took a Patreon, I launched the Patreon campaign for for my own writing. A couple of when was that? That must have been April May time. It's a while ago. Yeah, that um, went that went by fast. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of it kind of fell a bit flat, and and nothing really happened with it. Um, I got a few few Patreons, but I've actually closed it down since because I felt guilty that I wasn't really carrying it as I should be. Yeah. Um, but when I first did that, I kind of remembered looking at that and going, okay, people want products; they will pay products, and that'll be a regular subscription to products but the more i'm finding out about it, the more like you were saying earlier it's about personality and people just wanting to support things yeah like they don't necessarily need anything for it they just want to throw a couple of coins and go good luck keep doing what you're doing yeah P- patreon's kind of um as a creator it, it it's um it's not straightforward because you, you think it's going to be a way for people to subscribe to your product um your book or magazine or whatever but it's really not. It's just a way for people. It's just giving your audience the platform to support you if they want to, like financially. Mm. 
And like, um, we got a new patron today, um, Duncan, who is a guy I've known for a long time, and he's always sort of stayed in touch with our stuff and what we're up to. And he just pledged some money. I don't think he wants anything. He just wants to support us, which is nice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I find it. Um, one of the lessons I found from my first Patreon was that my parents don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> Part of my thinking, in a really kind of like childish, bratish way, probably not painting myself in the best light, was if anyone's going to put like a dollar towards funding my dream, it's it's my mother and my father. But no, yeah. no, I got, got nothing. But to be honest, they gave me life and got me this far, so I can't really complain. Can't complain too much. Yeah. Uh, do your parents ever do that thing where you put something on Facebook? It hasn't happened for a while. Like I'd say, I've made a film or I've done this thing, and uh, your mum is like the only person who likes it. <laughs> and then it says underneath your name, like Luke Condor, and it just says Julie Condor likes it. So everyone knows it's your mum. Your mum like, loves our um, the Hawk and Cleaver Facebook. Yeah, she does. Yeah, forever see her on there, which is quite nice. Yeah, no, my mum she she'll share things that I put up on on my personal one. I don't think because if you've got um, your own page for your author stuff, it doesn't seem to be as widely received unless people are actively going on that page a lot. Yeah. Um, so she'll share stuff that I put on my Facebook feed, which is nice of her. Yeah. Yeah. Should we dive into NaNoWriMo? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so it's already happening. What day is it? It's the... Second. It's the third today. Third. <laughs> <laughs> it's very quick days this year. Um, I got an email from a guy a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago, FC Schultz. He was listening to my old podcast where I basically did like a NaNoWriMo diary. And uh, he was like, have you got any advice? And I was like, I'll put, a list <laughs> I'll put a list together. And um, I've got a bit of a list here. I don't know if you've got some items or have you got uh, your... I've, my, I've got that. Um, I wrote a post about a week ago, I think just under a week ago on uh, Steam It, which is kind of the emotional journey through someone's first NaNoWriMo, which we can kind of come to. Yeah. So you, you, did you do it last year? I can't remember. I, okay. So I have never officially completed a NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Because I haven't done that word count in November. But you but have done it, right? I have, uh, I think my best is something like 58,000 words in a month. Um, but it's kind of difficult and it's something that, like, I love, I love the surge of just hundreds of young writers or just ambitious writers just going, this is the month, this is, you know, the yeah. push that's going to make my my novel pour out of me. Yeah. And obviously that's what NaNoWriMo is built for. Um, but unfortunately for me, and I, I know this kind of comes across as a bit an excuse, but it's also kind of not, is November traditionally for me is a really, really busy month. So yeah. not only uh, does it fall on my mum's birthday in the first weekend in which I normally go and see my mother. Is this the, the following... same is this the same mum who doesn't support you on Patreon? This is the same mum that doesn't support me on Patreon <laughs> and will never listen to this show. So <laughs> I can pretty much say what I want. But yeah, it is. Okay. It's my mother that doesn't love me that I go and visit because I love her. Um, oh. <laughs> the following weekend is uh, my partner's birthday. So normally I have to do something for her. And then the following weekend is my son's birthday. So, oh, and then the weekend after that is normally like a traditional go out and get drunk for it's my best mate's birthday. So I've kind of lost five days there. Yeah. But you could still do it, I guess, in the weekdays. Yeah. Yeah, I did. uh, Last year, I did give it a really, really good stab. And I think I got to, by the end of it, I think I got to 34,000. And that was including sort of the last week in which I 
was knackered and just gave up. But yeah, thirty-four thousand. Yeah, yeah. So I think if you were to if you were to be at the same point this year, I reckon you could could you can write a lot in a day. Like you, I've could, gotten better. Yeah. So you could do that. You could like catch up in like four days. I bet. I bet. 16,000 words in four days, probably, to be fair, if I, I mean, if I probably just went at it, but yeah. it, I don't know if it, <laughs> I don't know what the quality would be like. Yeah. Um, so, Have you completed? Yeah, I did it last year for the first time. Oh, of course you did, yeah. And that book is now published, it's The Hipster Who Let Free Time. Um, all good Amazon retailers. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, I really enjoyed it. Like, I'm a bit sad that we're not doing it this year, we're busy doing our own, other, our own concoctions. Mm. Um, but I really love it. I really love, it sounds kind of sad. I really like the competitive side of it. Like it really, yeah. cause I, I'm a, I'm a man. Like I like to <laughs> compete. I think it's just like innate. Um, not to say females aren't competitive as well. We're all equal, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I love, I love to sort of see the tracking thing like of mine. Like I love to post done 2000 words today and then I go and check everyone else's and if I saw someone who had beat me it would go oh you little and I'd have to get <laughs> I'd have to get back on it to try and beat them do you join groups on there because I, I guess for anyone that hasn't done NaNoWriMo before there is the option to form I, I'm not sure how big the groups are I think was it six before six people or am I making that up is this a camp NaNoWriMo uh, is, oh, is that specific for camp uh, well uh, there was like there's like the forums on the NaNoWriMo website and it's like hundreds of people in the various groups i guess yeah but yeah the fact that you can kind of go on and see other people's charts and look yeah. at their workouts and that's I, quite nice i think i just followed a few people who i knew vaguely who were doing it um and then they followed back and we had our own little group there we didn't really talk to each other but yeah i don't know okay so what is the someone's just sat down to do their NaNoWriMo what is the first thing you would tell them what is how are they going to be feeling on that day you should have planned a week ago yeah I agree that's that's, <laughs> that's the first thing I said um yeah. a pretty in-depth plan you could I mean you could wing it but in all honesty you you might lose steam or motivation or or lose like where where you are in the story what you're trying to tell you have a have a fully like a fully realized outline i think yeah so before you start in that i'd say sort of a week minimum because i think even when when i sat down to do my first one i had an idea of what i wanted to do and my novel that i attempted last year and i did end up finishing it after the nanorimo but it just took longer um was actually a short story that i'd kind of written that was about six thousand words i was just like i want to tell more of this so i had an idea but i definitely say if you are a first first timer take that week before and think of it as you are making your own treasure map for your story. So you put checkpoints on there. And then as you're going through that month, you've at least got points to aim for and go, okay, by this date, I don't know this should have happened or I should be around this area. Yeah. And then you've always got something to, you're not looking at the whole month. You've got those little checkpoints to keep you going. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's like a support platform because the amount of times you're writing stuff, if you haven't got a plan, you, you're kind of scared to write 2,000 words the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because then you'll just think it's, um, you'll get frustrated. You, you won't know where you are. But with a plan, you can still take those details, but you can always, like, you've got that, that safety blanket of knowing I'll just come back to where I was and I can, I can, um, go back to the, to the main sort of outline. 
yeah yeah definitely i am um, that kind of also goes a little bit onto one of the lessons that i learned last year which was um if you do because obviously in some cases you are going to go in the wrong direction you might just get might be tired one day or it might sort of take a different direction to what you were thinking originally um but if you do go in a different direction, those 2,000, 3,000 words, and I, like I say, I did this last year, what I did was checkpointed that chapter in my head. Yeah. Kind of in my head worked out where I should have gone and then just continued the story from that point. Yeah. Because you can always come back and rejoin those dots, but you don't want to delete 2,000 words and do it again. Yeah. Because that's so destroying. Yeah, especially if you're on NaNoWriMo and you're just trying to get the, the word count down in a way mm. um yeah i i think that's a good one point one plan plan your novel uh as in-depth as, as you can i guess yeah it doesn't even have to i think um it doesn't even have to stick to that in, in the long run if it is as long as the plan gives you an idea of the world and the story you want to tell yeah and the whole point of the plan is to make you think beforehand and give you those thoughts and to help you just get your mind ready for it. Know that this is the feeling you're going for. If you're going for a genre specific or if you're just going to try and write a story, um, the more you know at the beginning, just the easier it is to to build whatever in that world. Yeah. Um, uh, point two, I would say, is um, do your word counts as early as possible in the, in the morning. So, um, so it's 50,000 words, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it works out about 1,600 words a day, maybe a little bit more. 1,666.66666. Okay. <laughs> I, would, I would say do 2,000 words a day, and I would say try and do at least 1,500 words before you go to work. Because... It's just that that feeling of um, you're getting it like the, the the chunk of the work out of the way as early as possible. And you used to feel so much better. You, you you so you're not bogged down thinking I'm I'm failing. I need to catch up. You're just like you're on a nice smooth path. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I last when I did it last year, I wasn't on a morning schedule, and I think that was part of the reason that I did struggle to fit everything in. I know everyone's not going to be morning people and it might be a bit more difficult or different for some people but i i found that i was squeezing word counts into lunch breaks at work because i work full time and also in the evenings where i could so i was kind of finding bars cafes before i came home just to to fit in those word counts and if i ever came home and i hadn't done those words it's just that constant cloud hanging over your head and if you sit down and i did this a couple of times sat down at sort of 10 in the evening um and was like, right, I need to get another 1,200 words done. And it's amazing how slowly those words come. Yeah. And also, like, if you're thinking, if you get to work and you've done 200 words, like, and you've got this, the cloud hanging over your head, you're thinking, I've got 1,800 more words to write, that there's, like, a certain amount of, like, energy drained just worrying about it. Whereas you, if you do 1,500 words in the morning before you go to work, like, get up as early as you need to, you, you you basically skip to work because you know it's going to be such a joy to like get back to do your poxy 500 words later in the day. Uh, <laughs> like you just feel so much better about it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's um just to wait a few mind and you'll 
surprise yourself because what I do and what I've sort of carried on now is my alarm goes off, I roll out of bed, go downstairs, coffee, I'm at the computer. I don't give myself time to think, I don't get changed, I'm in pyjamas, I'm just there at the computer and I give myself sort of a minimum of 45 minutes mm. and you find because your mind hasn't fully woken up to the point that you're worrying about the day ahead you're just involved in your story and almost a little dreamlike so i think that sometimes helps to keep your imagination going yeah but the opposite to the 10 o'clock thing those words tend to fly out very very easy because i'm also aware that i've got 45 minutes or an hour to do as much as i can yeah i think also that morning brain um you don't have the critical voice it's not quite there so you 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 don't mind playing a bit more with your words. So you don't mind just writing to find what you're trying to write about rather than getting it perfect. Every sentence has to be perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah so do you say 45 minutes? Is that like your, do you just go start the clock? I'm going to write until 45 minutes is done. Or do you break it up? I set my alarm for quarter to six. Um, and I'm trying to get into the habit of <laughs> of trying to wake up straight away and not press news because my I've just been finding that I'm really tired and it's not because I'm getting up early, but it's because I keep pressing snooze and my brain keeps half waking and going to sleep and I know that affects me. Yeah. So what yeah, what I try and do now is quarter to six, downstairs, sat at the table ready to go with my coffee by the latest of six. And then normally I have to start getting myself ready for work and get my son up at ten to seven, so yeah, that gives me it. It kind of motivates me. The quicker I can get up, the more words I can do. So yeah, I've actually started um, working on the bus to work as well. Which um, oh wow, it, it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't because it depends if someone sat next to you and they're looking over, and it's just I can't. No, like <laughs> earlier today um, on the bus to work today, I was writing, had the MacBook out on my lap, and I was fiddling away doing the editing. And then some guy, he must like he wasn't that big, but he had like the the widest uh, <laughs> legs, <laughs> not legs, but the widest like sitting down pose. Like his legs were pretty much on top of mine, so he like I was forced to put the MacBook away. But I was, oh my god, yeah, people. I just, uh, people, I know I'm trying to work here. <laughs> These are the people that complain as well that oh, I never do the things I want to do because I don't have time. And then obviously you're doing your things that you want to do on the bus. So yeah, yeah. I've never been able to. Um, work on public transport to be fair i've not really given it a huge try but i quite i get a bit of motion sickness mm, i do if i'm but, reading like if i'm just reading on uh like on the phone or something i do feel a bit sicky but yeah it's either that or I, podcasts i can imagine that editing is probably a bit easier than like, i don't know I, I couldn't imagine writing fresh on the bus i you know, I, you know i've done it a few times and sometimes it works really well because you know your stops coming up and you're trying to, <laughs> and you're trying to finish what like your paragraph or your fort chain, uh, fort train. So you sort of really plow through them. It's, it's that whole thing of having a timer and like having a, you know, after the time's done, you can't, you literally can't, you, unless you want to, you know, stay on the bus and just like walk back. Do another route. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. That's a lesson for some people. Squeeze in writing where you can. Yeah. Squeeze in. And the writing. Um, <laughs> so uh, the other tip I thought was write to a timer. Um, but I do the Pomodoro method. Uh, you don't do not do that? No, I don't. I um, I, I, can't, I just give myself a set time that I have to work with. And to be fair, like I say, most of it works out 
but my boundaries are set anyway. So before work, I obviously do as much before I can have to get up. Yeah. L- lunch breaks generally that gives me 50 minutes of solid writing. So normally I already have my boundaries and I'm like, I have nothing else to do in that time. I just get on with it. Yeah. I think I'd like to do the Pomodoro because I'm able to gamify it a little bit. So I know, so I know that in 25 minutes, I should be able to write at least a thousand words. Um, so I'll, I'll aim to get, because in Scrivener, you've got like a little um, word counter on the bottom. The progress bar. Yes. Oh, so I can see. So I put a thousand words on there and then I set the timer going and then I, I know that I've got to get to the end of that progress bar before the 25 minutes. And then the next time I might try and do 1200 words and see if I can beat that. <laughs> it, it, yeah. seems to, it seems to work. Yeah. No, I think, I don't know. I, for me, if it's, you know, I take a break sort of 20 minutes in, I almost lose that flow. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I, I don't know. It's just how my head works. I guess I kind of immerse myself in it and just do as much as I can. I try to tell myself what I'm going to write in that session. Yeah. So from, you know, if I went on a lunch break at half 12 till 20 past one, I'm going to tell this scene. Yeah. I know in my head what I'm telling. I want to get this done. And then that kind of spurs me on. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's part of the planning as well, right? So it's, it's the same sort of idea of knowing what you're going to be writing about. I also, when I finish um, a writing thing for the day, I normally like to finish halfway through a sentence and then just do a couple of bullet points of what I think will happen next. Mm. So then when I come back the next day, I'm not starting from scratch. I know how to just sort of jump back in. Yeah. I do that if I have to, if I get to a point where I've got to get up and I'm in the middle of something, I'll bullet point just to remind myself where my train of thought was going. Yeah. Um, but more often than not, excuse me, more often than not, I try to finish the scene if I can. Yeah. Um, okay, so how many tips we did? We've done one. Three. Have a, <laughs> Number one, have a plan. Number two, do the work early in the day or... What did they say? Eat the frog. Like you meant to start your day by eating the frog. You haven't said that one. No, but I mean that that's like the. Oh, is that what you mean? So the, yeah, so let's say you've got a lot of stuff to do in the day. <laughs> You're supposed to do the the most challenging thing first. Yeah. Um. As far as yeah, so I'd say get your words done before you go to work. Um. Track your progress and post it online. That's part of the NaNoWriMo thing. You put your words, your word counts online. That's yeah. really good to see. And what are the methods for tracking words for people that I don't know don't have Scrivener or I know we kind of we did do a little bit of this in um, a writer's toolbox in one of our first episodes, but yeah, might... well, NaNoWriMo has a a tracker graph thing on the website, so you just put in how many words you've written and it will just tot it up and it's got a nice little graph that says where you're supposed to be if you're behind or if you're ahead. Um, See, I got, com- I got confused when I first did it because I thought as you were writing, you had to copy and paste like the chunks that you've done that day into NaNoWriMo. Uh, you can do that if you wanted to be verified. I think you get like another badge or something. Yeah, yeah, but you do that towards the end mainly. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, I, didn't, yeah I, I, I didn't do that I, because I, I know I, I know I did. Like <laughs> <laughs> just type in the numbers. Yeah. See when I. Last year, I actually, because, um, I mean, since last NaNoWriMo, I've got um, a decent laptop that I can put all my programs on and actually take about with me. But last year when I did it, I actually wrote it 
on my Huddle Tesco Huddle tablet. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, I bought a stand for it. I bought a wireless keyboard, and I just kind of went, "This is going to be my yeah. mobile." Because I was just going to go for sort of the on-screen keyboard, but yeah. it's a little bit crap. So I just bought a Bluetooth uh, keyboard that would do the job, and that was a bit more difficult, sort of tracking my words because I was trying every app I could from sort of Google Docs to the Word app to just to general Notepad, or there was one called Jotterpad, which was quite good. But yeah, trying to work out that, and then working out my word counts. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was a whole big, big faff, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel now? You're now you've got a MacBook and you're in cafes like a little hipster. I feel like a god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, in all seriousness, I feel that as much as you don't need like a high-end laptop, and I did spend a fair amount of money on this that I probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, just having something decent enough to take about with you and and right with and there was that initial stigma of you know i'm going to feel like such a hipster but i don't care anymore because i know that yeah. i'm writing stories yeah I'm, I'm at that point now like i think also because i lived in london um and i worked in soho and all the cafes around there if you go sit in a cafe in in london everyone's writing screenplays and stuff so you, you kind of feel like no one gives a shit about yeah, like yeah. you writing your poxy nanorimo they're, <laughs> they're writing the next great like american screenplay or whatever they're doing yeah. Um, okay, so I've also put here celebrate the small wins. Um, Very important. Yeah. Nothing major. Just give yourself a pat on the back every day after you've finished your word count. Um, I do, you have to appreciate the small wins because I don't know. I mean, it's, I think that's important for me in general. I have to take a little bit of a moment to say, ah, oh, I, I did something. I put something out in the world. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's if especially for for people that are attacking it for the first time, it's it is a massive undertaking. And I mean, you look at it from the beginning, you get all hopeful, you're very excited for your story, and you get sort of I'd say a week in before you suddenly realise how difficult it might be. If you're not used to kind of finding the time aside to put into your word counts, if you're used to making excuses, it's it is it's a colossal task yeah and just hitting if you can stay on track for a week pat yourself yeah. on the back every day after just remind yourself that it's not yeah. going to last forever but it will finish i'd also say i mean fifty thousand words is a lot if 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 i tried to do this three years ago i i would have failed like for sure um maybe if, if you if you've not been writing that long maybe they sh- people should do 25,000 word NaNoWriMo. I know it's not official, but if you're going to win, if you're going to feel a lot better about yourself when you're writing, you're not going to get down and you're not just going to give up. Yeah. One of the things you might also find is that your story is not worth 50,000 words. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, and that sounds negative, but I mean that in the most positive way. I think something that I've learned over the last just few years since I've been writing is that, as much as when when I first started, it was very much word count. It was very much this. I'm going to write this many pages for this story. Whereas now, if I get a story in my head, I can almost feel what it's worth. So, I mean, I, I've written one recently, um, which was the one that ended up in the Frizzon Comics. Not yeah. knock. Um, check it out if you haven't. Um, it's that was a thousand words that I've written for that, but I can feel that. I want to turn that into a novella at least. Yeah. 
because I feel like there's definitely more in that. But alternatively, I've written longer stories that probably should have been a lot shorter. So mm. just be be wary that it may feel like you're stretching your story because you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's di- it's difficult to say. I mean, again, this is part of the planning stage, right? So yeah. I, th- I think from planning, you should sort of see if you haven't got enough there <laughs> to make a novel. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I've always done it on the other, other, the, the other side of it. So I've, I'm not so bad for it now, but I used to take ideas that should have been a lot bigger, but just crammed them. Like done like a really short version of it. So it's almost like a, it's not really a short story, even though it's only 5,000 words. Like it should have been a much longer 50,000 word novel or something. Yeah. And we found that with, um, I mean, with the projects we're working on at the minute, we both said that the books would probably be around 50,000. Yeah. And at the end of the first draft, um, Lazarus was, I want to say 70,000. Yeah. It's around there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they remain was just under 65,000. And, yeah, yeah. and to be fair, I feel like in certain bits, it could have been expanded and other bits, it could have been a bit shorter. I mean, if we wanted to tell much more to the stories, we obviously could, but yeah. we, I remember we sat down probably about three weeks into writing and said, it's going to have to be longer because yeah. that, that's the story we're telling. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is in Anna if it has to be longer, it's fine. Just do you 50,000 words and then keep going. Yeah. yeah. I think that was thinking about it. It's, it's quite a big expectation to put on, I guess on, I'm, I'm going to aim this at young writers, but new writers as well to, almost know what a 50,000 word story is Yeah, because when I first went into it, the longest thing I'd written was Sins of Smoke, which was 18,000 words. And that took months to write. Yeah. So to have an idea of 50,000 words, I know it's a challenge. It's definitely, if, if you think you're serious about writing, NaNoWriMo is a fantastic way to test what you're made of. Even if you don't yeah. finish, that's not a problem. It's, a good way to get a glimpse into the writer's life. Yeah. Oh yeah. It like, it's fully immersed, a fully immersive experience of what it is to be writing in a commercial way, like writing big word counts. Yeah. Because if you were yeah. writing for a living, I don't think you could get away with writing less than a thousand words a day at the, at the minimum. No, not really. Not unless you're kind of loaded or you're just taking your time with it. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an experience. Shall I, is it worth me just quickly, I know we're kind of coming up to the end of time, but just mm. quickly running through um, the emotional journey. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, I wrote a, uh, a an article on Steam, it, which was just, um, it was just a lighthearted, this is the kind of ups and downs that we go through NaNoWriMo, but uh, I've got prep is number one, as we kind of agreed, um, and just about making sure that all the possibilities are open. You know where it is. You make yourself that first week is making yourself excited and making sure that excitement carries you through. Yeah. Um, first few days are I put here, it's happening. Oh my God, it's actually happening. I'm writing words and they're flying off my fingers. See that little progress chart. I'm exceeding expectations. Holy crap. This is amazing. Um, and then you hit the one week slump. So around the end of that first week, and obviously if you disagree at any point, feel free to okay. chip in. Yeah. Um, so you get the one week slump, which is, I have written so many words, probably more words than I've ever written before, but 
I've still got three weeks left, over three weeks left to do it. This is exhausting. That's that's when like the uh, that initial inspiration starts to fizzle out of your fingertips. Yeah, you start to doubt your ideas. You start to wonder if you know what yeah. you're doing is going to be worth it. I don't know um, who I am anymore. I, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then back on the horse. So after a couple of days of kind of sulking and watching your little thing, your little um, exit was above that graph line go down and start meeting it you're like oh no i should keep going yeah so you kind of push through uh coffee is not enough because towards the end um and i did find this towards the end i was absolutely shattered um but again like i say that's partly because my life my november is very very busy yeah and and if you keep pushing through which i highly recommend everyone does even if it's not good even if you're not proud of it just finish it um because you can give yourself a massive pat on the back and that's that's just an amazing thing to do yeah and then celebrate with a drink or something. I do yeah. think I do think there's a bit where so you write in the second act and you're sort of getting a bit lost in the weeds and you think you might not do it. It's getting very boring and very tiring, getting up at the same time every day, writing these <laughs> words. But then you start to see how close you are to finishing. And that, that that's like a that will pull you along as well. You can see the rope. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's oh, it's a whole experience. Good luck to everyone doing it. Yeah, honestly, I, I kind of I really wish I was doing it. But we um, as it is at the minute, we're kind of pushing for finishing we, our first commercial book. So we sort of did it, didn't we? Like we're probably done. Like did, we did 50,000 words or more in a month. I want to I want to say, yeah, but it's not officially November. So does it yeah. count? I don't know. Contact us. Let us know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just a load of tweets going. No, 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 it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly please so we're at the towards the end of the show i finished my coffee um that flew by yeah the coffee well i just went i just drink it in one <laughs> normally um so are you ready for quick fire round we we would normally do this to a guest uh we haven't got a guest so am I, i'm gonna ask you five questions and then you're gonna ask me five questions right yeah let's do that okay i hope this coffee works in my brain oh God. okay Question one. Dan or Daniel? Dan. Beef or chicken? Chicken. Ten years into the future or ten years into the past? Ten years into the past. Really? Uh, why didn't you? Because I was busy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, what, what noise do you want people to make when they find out you've died? Fart. Just say the word fart. Like, <laughs> like they, really want to, they really want to swear. It's quite a horrific thing. But you want to be respectful as well. So you, oh, Absolutely. fart. <laughs> yeah. no, I kind of see it as a room full silent as the news is dropped and then one person goes, <laughs> and then everyone laughs and everyone's, you know, yeah. mirth is restored. Yeah, they laugh and then it just sort of fizzles out and they're like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, my turn. Okay, Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Coffee-fied. Yes. That wasn't one of the questions. No. <laughs> okay. Lime or the coconut? Coconut. Manchester or London? London. Latte or cappuccino? Cappuccino. Favorite author? Uh, Murakami. Favorite word? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that would be my favorite. No, I don't What not? Is my favourite word. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I saw a couple of your regular ones there. Who who was your spirit author? 
Murakami. Um, I probably wouldn't say that much anymore, but a couple of years ago, Haruki Murakami is a Japanese author. He writes really surreal, like, uh, he's got loads of novels out. They're all like really good books and they all did really well. Um, it's quite a hipster thing to like Murakami, I think, nowadays. But there's like um, all of his books. Yeah, that image of you now. <laughs> all, of these, all, of his, all of his books um, have a, a, a male protagonist. There's some sort of uh, uh, cat, normally a talking cat. Um, there's normally like another dimension. There's noodles. He always cooks spaghetti. Um, there's like normally like there's sort of really violent bits. Like he has the same tropes he he writes every single time, but always it always seems original. It always it's seems very Tarantino esque. Yeah, Murakami, um, I would say, is a literary equivalent of he is lit- literature what David Lynch is the film. So okay. if you if you if you like sort of surreal stuff, then I think you like Murakami. Recommend a title to me now because I'm actually about to start a new book, so it could be good. Well, the one I started with was the wind. That sounded really demanding. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one I started with was the wind up bird chronicles, and uh, it's uh, quite a long book. I think it's like 500 pages. Um, but there's one bit in that book. So you've met you've met Fru, right, Matthew Fru? Yes. My, yeah. So we were out uh, getting drunk somewhere. I think we were in Leeds or somewhere like that. Um, Everyone fell asleep, and I was for some reason I was just wired. I was just awake. I was drunk. I was on my own. I had nothing to do, so I just started reading um, the Wind Up Bird Chronicle, and I got to a bit where he's he sort of goes back in time, and he's talking about when um, a Mongolian sort of has uh, he's captured a Japanese prisoner of war, and um, he skins him alive. But the way he describes it, like he's, it's in such detail, it's, it's so horrible, so gruesome. And then as soon as I finished <laughs> that chapter, like I was completely sober. I was like, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> it just ruined me, but it was so That's good. That's what you want a book to do, just ruin your soul and stop you sleeping. Yeah, yeah. That sounds uh, good. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's the episode. I guess we've done it. Cool. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> no, um. Yeah, good luck to everyone if you are taking part in NaNoWriMo. If you're not, then good luck with life because that will kick you harder. Yeah. <laughs> Life's hard, man. Life and, is hard. And then you die, I'm afraid. I know. Uh, yeah, so go to go join our Hawk and Cleaver birdcage. Enter the birdcage. It's our Patreon. It's our... If you like anything we've ever done in the past or in the future, um, if you can see into the future... <laughs> uh, go do that give us give us some money and help us to keep doing it support the show that we do for free absolutely every week because we love you guys and we will do it anyway just to make that clear we'll be doing this anyway but if you are a fan of this show of either of our shows of anything we've done then uh, the support will go a long way to making sure we can keep doing this yeah perfect alright I'm going to hit the stop button bye bye <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, 
Every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip.